Welcome, welcome to the RC Report. I am your host, RC Carlton. I always forget to say this, so before we get started with Actively Lazy, who's our guest, or IBS Jesus, I'm going to call him on this particular day, I want you to remember to please rate, subscribe, and write a review if you'd be so kind to help spread the word. We're one of your only sources of entertainment during this mess. Actively lazy. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, baby, with the 1999 flip phone for my job. I just got a text from one of my uh, kids, so we're averting a crisis. But I'm here, baby. I'm here. I've never been a guest on the RC report. I, I don't know why. I feel like I've been, it's always I, your brother or, or Joe, but it's not me. I'm, slum, I'm slumming it now, man. It's desperate times. No, we just we just usually do special stuff. Like we'll do like a draft thing, or we do special events. But I figured like you could be my cousin Sal. That kind of works on a lot of different ways. Mm. Think about it. But so I, uh, I feel like I'm being used for real. He also likes gambling. He's gambling. He's a little. He's a little chubby, and he's very funny. Like, it all works. It all works. So I wanted to talk about there are a lot of things to talk about. I know you want to talk. about Talk about Trump and his little get back to America committee for Vince McMahon. But before we do that, I want to talk about, before we get there, I want to talk about this much ballyhooed, anticipated, last dance, I think they're calling it, uh, documentary. Ten parts, which is a long time. I think only the OJ OJ documentary was only six, and that was going to get claimed. But ten parts is a long time. But uh, why do you think this is getting so much just hype? I guess because there's nothing else, I suppose. I mean, it's part of there's nothing else, and then it's also part of I think there's um, a lot of the younger generation, uh, YouTube era, Instagram, Snapchat people, they don't really know Michael Jordan, man. They don't really know the Chicago Bulls. They don't really know anything about 90s basketball or, or – uh, the the drama that was 90s basketball and I think um, given that this is going to be more behind the scenes I think a lot of people are excited to kind of see like what they would view as a, a raw representation of the Chicago Bull dynasty yeah and I think a lot of people miss on some of the documentaries and some of the events that happened back then like I don't think they're going to tell me a whole lot that I didn't know from they did a sports century thing in the year 2000 where Michael Jordan was number one and they talked about Michael Jordan's dark side if you're actually a reader ESPN did an article where Michael Jordan walked in his friend's closet and took a knife to any shoe that wasn't Nike um, that's who Michael Jordan was at 50 years old so if you haven't figured out, then the Hall of Fame speeches is the first time somebody had a clue. If you do any reading or any kind of insider uh, looking or listening or reading, you know that Michael Jordan was an asshole. But I do think for a lot of the millennials or whatever, Gen Z, Gen Y, they might be surprised. Hopefully we can put to bed this Jordan versus uh, LeBron debate because you can kind of see it in, in contemporary fashion. I don't even like to get in it, but, like, if you when you watch this and you see how driven this man was to win, he just can't touch him. But I, I uh, Michael Jordan already has apologized and said people are going to think he's a jerk. <laughs> Everybody should have known anyway. Yeah, I mean, he, he's older now. He ain't got the same drive competitively on the court anymore. So, I mean, I guess he cares more about his image now than he would have back then. I, I really think, you know, obviously in his playing days, to me, he would have been a lot like Kobe. Like, I don't care if you like me or not, as long as we win. And I think that's what I'm going to yeah. see. That's what I anticipate seeing. And honestly, there's nothing that could happen that would make me change my, my opinion on how I feel about Michael Jordan as a, as a player. I, I don't really care. I mean, these are alpha male top of the echelon athletes. I, I've said this before in the sports group and, and in person, like you talking about the, the Mayweather, the Tiger Woods, the Ali's, the Jordans, the anybody that you could think of that is at the apex of their pro- professional sport, they're going to be an asshole. <laughs> it's just what it is. Generally speaking, yeah. 
generally speaking, yeah, and that's just not that's just and LeBron is whatever he is, but he just has a different way of being it. He's very passive aggressive yeah. in the way he does it. I think he's, but that doesn't make I, it necessarily better. Yeah, I think he's more of a, a business uh version of Jordan. Like I, I feel like we've seen LeBron basically get coaches pushed out, get players pushed out if they don't comply to what what he wants and in regards of um, what he likes on the court or, or what people do off the court. I'm still surprised that Kuzma is is still a part of the Lakers organization. I really thought they was going to ship him out after all the stuff that went down with them two um, earlier in the year. But, again, if LeBron wants it, he gets it. And, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just he's not going to ride people like, like the practices. I really think these practices – imagery of Jordan at practice is really going to change a lot of people's perspective. But I mean, we should, we people like you and you and I, the ones who, who really understand these type of athletes, like casual fans should be a little uh, like, wow. But I really think people who are diehard or who grew up in the nineties, they shouldn't be that. They shouldn't be that surprised. If you, if you grew up, Watching Kobe from the time he started to the time um, he retired, you should not be surprised by anything you see from Michael Jordan because he's just as much of a dog. So, what did you think of the uh, of Shaq weighing in saying his team could have beat uh, the Bulls in their prime? <laughs> Which I think is really funny. Before you say that, I, mean, I think it's really funny that he thinks that Luke Longley and Bill Winnington will be guarding him. Did he forget about Dennis Rodman? Yeah, so so here's my thing with Shaq. Um, Shaq thinks that his dream team version could be Jordan's dream team version, and and Shaq has always had an issue with with Jordan and the Bulls, obviously from his Penny Hardaway um, Orlando Magic days, um, which is understandable. And and that team did give the Bulls fits. Um, so I would anticipate that a Lakers team with Kobe and and, and Shaq would probably do just as well. I, I like those Lakers teams. Um, my question would be, does Phil coach the Bulls or does Phil coach the Lakers? That would be the real question. Um, and then, two, honestly, Shaq's the type of guy that no matter what you say, he's never going to give you real props. He's never going to be impressed. He's always going to try to one-up you. Um, it, it is what it is. So I'm not surprised by it. I, I think he has a valid case, a valid argument. It's not as crazy as when he, in my mind, said that the dream team two or whatever team he was on could beat the uh, dream team that Jordan was on. Yeah, I think – I really don't think – now, if people don't remember, but they did – Orlando did get Horace Grant. But that's the year that mm-hmm. Jordan came back and played um, 18 games. And they beat them four to two, I think. But then the next year, when Jordan had a whole off season to train, the Bulls—I don't know—they swept them. They beat them in five, but they beat them pretty convincingly. And then Jordan went on this great run, and Shaq didn't do anything. Orlando—he left, and he didn't do anything in the Lakers until Jordan retired, and, and Shaq got Phil. And even with Kobe, mm-hmm. so I don't see it. And I guess you would have to be like a NBA 2K thing, where like old Phil Jackson is coaching at the same time against young Phil Jackson. Yeah, young I mean, I guess Jackson, if, we, yeah. if we can time travel, we can split Phil Jackson in half. Um, <laughs> so I guess that's like, okay. But um, I think the Bulls would have a decided advantage. I think Pippen would be able to uh, at least make Kobe work and shoot some low percentage shots. Yeah. And George. You know, you can't – Kobe can't stop Jordan. And Jordan can hinder Kobe. I I just think there would be an advantage. I think the biggest advantage is inside. But I think with Rodman and just the pedigree of that team, I think it's a really tough road to hoe for that uh, Bulls – I mean, for that Lakers team. Yeah, and then, too, another thing is that, um, like, Kobe – it, it, like that version of Kobe, I'm assuming this is the number eight Kobe. He wasn't quite there as far as leadership goes. And and if the game Definitely goes a not. certain way, he, he's going to force it. Uh, you got to think that they can throw Jordan and Pippen at Kobe, which I don't care who you are. 
having two guys like that guard you throughout the game is going to get tiring. He's going to have to get it down to um, to Shaq, who Rodman's going to be probably on him, um, getting physical as much as he can, but also annoying him. Um, you got to think they probably put him at the foul line. Um, and then the supporting cast of the Lakers, like where do they fit in? Like the, I, I don't, I don't envision them really contributing a whole lot. I don't, I don't, I don't really see how this plays out in Shaq's mind in regards of how confident he was when he said that they could beat them. Um, it just seemed a little too confident to me. I'm like, hold on now. I mean, you got a case, but let's, if we if we really sat down and tried to break it down piece by piece, I think that Bulls team um, was a little bit stronger of a of a unit than that uh, version yeah. of the Lakers. I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, you just look at the team factors, and defensively, I think they were more consistent. There was a year the Lakers were, like, barely, like, the Lakers are, like, one of the outliers of not being a top-ten defense and still winning the NBA championship. I don't know if that was the second or the third year, but they definitely did that. And then you have Shaq, who was playing himself into shape, and they did have a very dominant season where they only lost one to that Iverson team, but I just think maybe they can take them seven, but I just I, – I know what I saw. I preferred the Lakers because I never liked the Bulls, but I know what I saw, and that was a bad bunch of bad dudes on the, uh, on the Bulls. Yeah, I agree. And so let's get to your uh, – Let's get to your issue. Uh, Donald Trump announces uh, uh, stimulate the economy, send America back to work um, team. That includes Dana White and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Dude, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm trying not – like, I'm not – making this political at all. So when when I give my opinion, I'm not saying this because I'm liberal or I'm conservative. No, I'm as moderate as you can come. And honestly, I don't care about the politics. I just care about the fact that you got a committee talking about reviving the industry or stimulating the economy that consists of Vince McMahon and Dana White and Roger Goodell. Um, what do they contribute? Like Vince McMahon just filed for bankruptcy from the uh, the XFL. XFL. He just he just got uh, put as um, an essential. I guess they're considered essential employees in Florida. WWE employees are considered essential employees. And if I'm recalling the timeline correctly, yeah, I was gonna say if I'm recalling the timeline correctly, once he became essential, he didn't fired people and and cut costs so he could still make more money. Like, I don't like Dana White and Vince McMahon on anything dealing with with economics or anything dealing with um, the welfare of other people. I think they're sleazeballs. Um, It's just part of their profession, and and they're really good at what they do. But as promoters, you can't trust those guys, yo. I will trust a car salesman before I trust a promoter. Like, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they're they're not good people, and and that's just the name of the game. That's just who they are. They're not good people. And then we got guys like uh, Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, Mark Cuban, Rob Manfred, Adam Silver, Roger Goodell. Like what what are we doing? This I mean, just say it's for sports. Like don't don't make it seem like you're you're really doing something for the economy. Like none of these people have any real background in dealing with economics. I mean, they're good business people, I guess. Uh, I mean, they run they run the organizations and stuff like that, and they've obviously had to have some experience to get to a position where they run run the leagues. But let's be real, like if we're really trying to do something with the economy, I mean, the the only one I really could think of off the top of my head when I look at this list that seems like they're smart enough to to be able to talk about something like this is Mark Cuban because he's just a nerd. But the rest of these people, I'm like, dude, Rob Manfred don't talk. I know that for a fact. He don't talk. He's not very vocal. <laughs> Roger Goodell is a yes man. Adam Silver is very intelligent, but Adam Silver is going to do what what's right for everyone. He's going to try to please the entire room. Like this doesn't seem like the type of 
of committee that's going to really have much of a backbone. Imagine if Jerry Jones, Dana White, Vince McMahon, and Donald Trump team up. They're going to run this room. Nobody will stop them. Yeah. I I, I guess, I mean, they say there's like 200 people on it, so maybe there'll be like a sports section and a lot of like, I don't know, man, and break it up into different kind of businesses. But he has pushed the sports angle on this so hard. And I think it's obviously because he's trying to curry a favor for the voters. And honestly, he might miss sports too. But he knows that's like the most popular thing that's gone is sports. So if you push this and get sports out there, and then even if you are a good leader, without being too political, even if you are a good leader, which I don't think he is, but if you are a good leader, you say, hey, sports, America loves sports, and we're getting back in business, and sports starting would be a sign that everything's back to normal. That that That's legitimate, I think. Yeah, and, and during – if we look through the course of American history, during any time that was trying, whether it be 9-11, uh, World Wars, things like that, sports continued for the most part. I think they were still playing baseball during, like, the World Wars. Um, I know they played baseball, football after 9-11. Um, people – you know, it takes people's mind off of stuff. I get all that. But I swear, come November, if if he's campaigning as the guy who brought sports back when everyone said <laughs> Corona, Corona, I'm gonna be hot, man. Although it does it does help me too for my little side hustle and gambling. Uh, it, it definitely. Be, my uh, yeah, I was gonna say it would be great to see it come back, but but I, I just I mean I don't want my I don't want my sports getting political. I guess I, I've earned that right to say that now. So I don't want my sports getting political in this sense either. Now I understand where the anti-Kaepernick people were coming from. Like, keep it out. <laughs> like, keep it out, man. Separate it. I, I don't want. I don't want Trump involved in this. I don't want. I don't want Manfred involved in this either, man. Like, baseball got their own problems. The Astros just cheated to a World Series, man. We don't need to be worried about the economy. We need to fix the sport itself. And know what's so funny is that it, it's so shady because Vince McMahon, who everybody knows, I'm like the president of Team Turnbuckle. I love wrestling unabashedly. You know, I've been a fan since I was five. Yes, I know it's not real, but obviously if you're an adult, you understand, like, the nuances of it and the performance of it, and you try to look at that and, and all that. But I won't even get into that. But the level of corruption, the fact that they're a, a, a declared an essential business to give a huge – campaign donation to the governor of Florida. Then, before that, Linda was an ambassador somewhere, and then she left that job to run a super PAC for the Trump campaign re-election team, and the governor of Florida does everything he can to kiss Trump's ass at any time. Like, the level of corruption and cronyism and just outright, I don't give a fuck who knows that this is corruptness, is just unbelievable, and this is a business I support. And yeah, and, and remember what I said before we got on the show. I I don't understand how he's such Trump is such a bad hustler. It's almost disrespectful to the game, but somehow it still works. I don't understand. It's like you said, it's so it's like he obvious. He tells you what he's gonna do before. Yeah, he does it. like he's like yeah. I'm gonna rob you, and then you rob you, and nothing happens. Yeah, and you're just like, wait, what What just happened? Did he really just do that? And then everybody's looking around like, yeah, that, but that's just Trump. I guess that's that's the way he's always gotten by people. Like, that's just Trump. But I'm glad you mentioned the, the governor from Florida. I went back and watched um, some of his, like, campaign stuff after Trump got involved. It is the cheesiest. Oh, it's awful, man. It's so awful. And and I, I just hope it was worth it to to get that money. And um, honestly, I, I don't really know what else to say, man. Like, I just hope everybody is, is ready for the, the potential backlash of what could happen in this sense. Like, God forbid wrestlers actually get corona um, and, it, and it sweeps through WWE. They're going to have real issues. Um, I mean, Florida is already having issues um, because of them not locking the state down when they could have shut the beaches down and things like that. So the governor's already got backlash on that. Uh, people are still freely coming and going in the state anyway. 
and then you're bringing in WWE um, entertainers and things like that. They fired some staff, so they're they're going to be um, probably less restrictive. It, it could turn bad, and I'm hoping that it doesn't because people like WWE. You you know, we got Team Turnbuckle in the group. They're pretty strong with it. We got a podcast that they do um, weekly talking about WrestleManias and things like that. And I think um, the athletes, um, because of their partnership with Fox and stuff like that, they're starting to become a tad bit more mainstream. There's some traction. Yeah, they are. And I would hate to see, and I would hate to see it um, ruined because of one guy's greed. Which, you know, that's kind of how it is. And it's just, and, and if you look at how you can speak more to UFC, but with, and I know they don't, you know, they don't pay those fighters like they should with boxing. With boxing, you get taken advantage of, you're getting compensated for it. But with WWE, these people are independent contractors, yet they can't work for anybody else. And he's getting away with that. You can't start a union. You can't, he doesn't really give them the kind of quality help, and he's gotten better. But he, he takes advantage of these people. They're independent contractors, but they can't leave and go somewhere else. Like, so, I mean, yeah. the way he's taken advantage of his talent and hasn't changed until he was forced by countless deaths of his talent, you know, that's not the guy that should be on the <laughs> the committee. Just no. To talk about the economy, so. to talk about the little people like us. No, man. No, he don't care about us. He don't care about that not stuff. At all. But like I said, that. That's promoters, man, and you know that. You know, like you joked about Don King joining. Like he might as well. I mean, yeah. these are the people that he that like Vince McMahon and Dana White, Don King. They're all the same snake, man. And they're gonna use and exploit people until they can't get a dollar out of you, and then they cut you off and go to the next one. And if you threaten them or write something bad about them, they're just gonna blame somebody else or or smear you. So it is what it is. Like, I mean, Trump Trump likes his uh, celebrity friends. Uh, I also found it funny that I think he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, he is because he so, appeared at so, WrestleMania right. and hit yeah. fans and so all they're, that. They're Little did I know that man would be the president. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's just so hard, so hard to believe on so many levels. What else is there to talk about? I figured we just come on here and just talk about whatever oh, yeah. we, uh, <laughs> we felt like talking about. But what, is there anything else that you saw? Yeah, I, I got something that I want to talk about. Let's talk about this Odell Beckham thing, bro. First of all, it was fake. I mean, honestly, even before I even decided to look to verify the source, a second and a fifth round for Odell Beckham sounds so ridiculous. And I know he hasn't been the most productive receiver, but the potential's there, and, and he ain't – like, he's still Odell Beckham. He's still, in most people's Is eyes, a, a top 10 wide receiver. Hey, you say what you want, man. Like, is he still Odell Beckham? You can't force us that last year. Is he Odell he Beckham still? Yup, yup. Send him. I tell you what you always do. Always hurt. Hey, oh, you know what's funny? I was what? about to say something real funny. I was about to say send him to New England, and then I remember Brady's not there. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so mad. I was, I'm so used to saying that. It. Look, oh, I was okay with Odell. I was okay with this Odell talk until uh, Scooter Magruder, whatever the hell his name is, on Twitter, who does all the funny reaction videos to different events. I I thought it was great. But for the, my team, <laughs> to build a culture, to build a team with that, like, you can't. Sometimes it's just team building. You cannot. Like, it's okay for – I mean, I guess that's okay for Minnesota. That's fine or whatever. You place one malcontent for another. And I don't want to dog Odell because he really did – he was on his best behavior last year. They had to zoom in to him whispering, come get me. But he didn't complain. He didn't throw bacon under the bus. Yes. But that's, it's still Odell. That's a lot to deal with. And like I said on the page that I put on our, our social media things, he's an aging – a former aging 10 that's an 8. With no cooking, there's always got bound to look, with no cooking skills and two bad kids. I mean, I just don't, and, and maybe the sex is good, and I'm crossing my analogy, but I just don't want that in my life, man. You, you, you know, the Cowboys, where we at right now, we're too established and too too okay. We just don't need that in our lives. Established, man. Established, man. We got a house and a nice car. We got a lot of debt. We got a lot of debt. The credit ain't good. We got student loans. Probably, the, you know, we're living above our means, but we're still established, and we don't need to add the extra dramas, 
drama and the credit card bills and and her bad credit and all that kind of stuff and all that fuss. Is he is he really and, that and dramatic? Discord in the house, man. Like people what? people really painting this man like he got criminal charges or something. Like he smacked that cop in the locker room on the butt. That's the worst he's <laughs> yeah, actually okay, ever done. Yeah, I mean that's man. the worst he's actually it's ever done. Like, he had he had beef with Josh Norman. And and he's never he's never openly bad mouthed the guys that he plays with like like he could have super bashed Eli, Eli. Stop, he super bash. he's, he's been as nice to Eli as you could possibly be given the circumstances, bro. Come on, man. Like, think about how That's many diva receivers we know. <laughs> how many diva receivers we know would have hauled off and probably tried to fight this man. O- Odell was as calm as he possibly could be given the circumstances, man. I think last year. I'm just saying Dallas is not the environment well, for Odell. Yeah. It's just not just, the right environment. Think, yeah, and I just think, think that there's still a lot of talent in the same room man. together. Who? Do you ever think that Zeke and Odell should be on the same team or even in the same room together? <laughs> like, bad, only bad things would be so goofy, yo. <laughs> they would be so goofy. <laughs> they would be the worst thing sure. ever. And, and, ever. And, and let's be real. With with the way Odell like to play and some of the things Zeke done done over the last couple of years, they gonna be suspect, bro. <laughs> they gonna be suspect. Yeah, I don't, I don't but need that man, we tried Michael to Spain. work on skill. Man, Amari Cooper would be a legitimate wide receiver one if he had somebody like Odell Beckham to play alongside him to keep those like actual good cornerbacks off of him, so he can he can really flex his muscle. He'd be great because Slay would cover Odell. And then you wouldn't have to worry about Cooper would eat. <laughs> I mean, who your wide receiver nah, he, he one can go down? to the Vikings. That's Drink, fine. You ain't got one. You ain't really got one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's be real. He don't show up when when the depends real game show up. Depends on, depends on who we playing. So he's a front runner. Depends <laughs> on who we playing. If he got a good matchup, he the best court, he the best receiver in the universe. He got, he's Antonio Brown if he got the right matchup. But if he doesn't, and then not, and then ultimately, like I was saying too. What are people talking about when they talking about like Dallas don't need distractions? Dallas drafted a dude who was still technically under investigation for either <laughs> was attempting to kill his baby clear, mama bro. or something like that. On, they, they took stop, a chance stop. on Greg Hardy. They smacked his mom in a Walmart parking lot. You guys stood by him. He was a person of interest. You had allegations. Person of interest. Okay, we know what that what that terminology <laughs> means. I bet he had a good but settlement too. Once he got drafted. Yeah. Hey, I bet you, you, you know, you're right. He was clear. You no, know, soon they read his name in the seventh round or whenever he went in the sixth <laughs> or seventh round because he was supposed to be a first round pick. Yes, he was yeah, instantly was clear. That was tough. Instantly clear. That's tough. Your girlfriend died right before the draft, bro. That's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. It looks bad. You know, too, even if they went a car accident, you'd be like, "Well, dang, man, this is tough. This is too much just murder." But anyway, I forgot about that. <laughs> Well, why yeah. add extra? Why add extra drop? Remember we had that running back that said there was meat left on the bone. It started with an R, like Randall or something, when Murray left yeah, and yeah. he was out there stealing yeah, and panties and, and stealing yeah, underwear. Yeah, stealing panties or something like that. And, and people out here talking about we don't need we don't need Odell Beckham because he smacked Josh Look. Norman. Everybody wants to smack Josh Norman, bro. Because he, he ain't smacked really up, that bad. Got the butt. Because he twerked they in the locker to... room, bro. Yeah, they try to make these men up to keep Miles Gary. Get out of <laughs> here, yo! I don't want to hear that nonsense. But yeah, for a second, and, hey, for a second and fifth, the Niners can go. Yeah, do that. Sign me up. I'll take him. Shoot. He's also his salary is kind of high too. I mean, I lo- I like Odell as a talent, but it's been a couple of years. And I know Baker. I mean, he should have made Baker better. I mean, maybe Baker is really just bad. But I, and he was hurt. But like. He should have produced a lot more last year. That's just that's like a no excuse year. You don't have Eli anymore. Like you just gotta get it done, man. And I know a lot of it was Odell, but I mean, not it was Baker, but God, just I don't know, I mean, man. You should be good the, the to guy's make it only as good as the person throwing him the ball, honestly. And, and and I would I would equate that to or to when Randy went to Oakland. Randy Moss went to Oakland. It was awful. It was awful. And the minute he got back to a, a quarterback that had some sense, hell, he even did decent with the Niners. But, like, um, you just – you got to like, 
like no receiver can really overcome a, a piss poor system and a piss poor quarterback. You can do either or, but you can't do both. You just you just can't. Like they're, they're, uh, we we looked at the Browns a lot last year, too much honestly for a team that was underachieving and just flat out trash. And Baker was yeah, back they had there a big story the first six weeks. Doing the one one thousand and then taking off running to the right every single time. When he ran left, he couldn't throw. And then they kept lining Odell up on the left. So Odell would just run all the way across to the right. And then he went to his because he's already sacked. And then they were they were running like they were running these these three receiver combination plays where they sent everybody fifteen, twenty yards down the field on a three step drop. It doesn't make any sense. What are we it doing? Was bad. Free but- but it's Free my time. man Odell Beckham. It's never time. too early to say that. Free Odell. I said it 16 times last year. Time. I'm going to say it again. If you get traded three Odell. times in a row, man. Why, why, would, why would two teams want to trade you back-to-back years? Like, that, you just, there's something wrong with you. There's something it's, wrong with you. It's, I don't get, it's Gettleman and the Browns. If there was ever a scenario where I would think somebody would get traded twice, it would be from the Giants to the Browns or from the Browns to somewhere else, anywhere else. Like, it's the Browns. They don't have a. They don't have a plan, man. They they hired their coach before they hired their GM. Like they don't have a plan. This is the organization that that you you got traded to from a dude who says that. What did he say? Like film don't matter or something stupid like that. Gettleman. Like what? What? Yeah, yeah, man. Did you see? Did, did you see, see his war room? Did you see his war yeah, room? Yeah, it looks like fucking study, man. You a you a GM for a multi-billion-dollar uh, franchise? Why does it look like that? What are you doing, man? You out here getting your information on WikiLeaks. God, that's pretty bad. Get like, like why? Well, well, now, now the other dude with the charges, eight screens is a little bit overkill. But why do you have that much paperwork, bro? Like you should, your stuff should be on the computer. Why? Why? Why do you have all this paper? Like, is all your stuff on paper? Your scouting reports are they literally like on paper? Like. Oh. <laughs> That's scary, I owe John man. Gruden an apology. I owe John Gruden an apology because I clown John Gruden for using the uh, projectors and the VHSs. But no, this is worse. This is worse. It's 2020. You still got your shit on paper. That's awful. That's awful, bro. And, so he, you and know, God forbid you have it on we paper, actually get to see what you're Does that mean you got to shuffle through that? Does that mean you got to shuffle through that when you're trying to make the picks? Do you, you have to like, go through your stack of like... <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, it's like, like my so death. Sorry for Giants fans. It's embarrassing that, that what he's doing to that franchise. That's a that's a legit franchise, and he is making them look like clowns. I can only imagine who he's gonna pick. Like how could he? He'll find a way to screw it up. I think Chauncey Billups got yeah. that going. I think Chauncey Billups is like skyping the horse thing and is jumping. Like the screen is literally jumping. Like on the bad moments when we do our Sunday night uh, Sunday cast. Like, that's what Chauncey mm-hmm. Billups' horse screen looks like right now, man. It's not funny. Like, this is being on TV. <laughs> I want to so also talk about um, Tristan Wirth and, and let everybody know that I don't care what you say. In my unofficial expert opinion, do as a guard. Please stop putting him as a tackle. Please stop putting him as the first offensive lineman off the board and putting him as an offensive tackle. It just ain't – both can't happen. If he's off the board first, he's a guard. If he's not off the board first, he's he's a tackle. I'll, I'll put it like that. There's no way somebody – they got this man uh, or some of the mocks I keep seeing from, like, fans have him way too high. And I'm like, have you looked at the other linemen? And it's not even about Beckton. You don't even have to put Beckton up there. But he's not better than Thomas. He's not better than, uh, than Will. He's not better than those two dudes, yeah. man. Like, it's just not. Let me see if I can you find. Can't uh, you can't watch it, any I, film I and, and say he's better. Like, he's just not. So, like, stop putting him up there. It's killing me, man. And, and this is what another uh, thing Jeremiah that I think said. Let me, let, me get, let me read you Dar- Daniel Jeremiah's uh, in his top 15. And he has them 13, but he has Beckton and Will. Willis, yeah. Wills, and uh, I think he has one more guy in front of him. But he at least has Beckham and Willis in front of him. And then the kid, Thomas, from uh, Georgia, a lot of people have him. But let me show you. Let me say, and usually 
in, in Jeremiah's top 50, he says mostly positive stuff. But he mm-hmm. kind of hit him. He says, however, he has experienced issues against inside counter moves. He oversets and struggles to redirect back inside, allowing too much pressure in the games I studied. When he can land his punches over, his hands are so strong, he has the power space to end the play right there. In the run game, he's very strong and aggressive. He creates tons of movement, but also will overextend and fall over on time at times. He's on the ground mm. too much. I love his aggressive demeanor, but he needs to play under control. Overall, I believe he can survive that tackle, but he'll benefit from playing with neighbors on both sides. I think Wiff has all pro guard, potentially guard. Like he's ba- he's not. You got to be a dancing bear to play tackle. Yeah, your balance. He's a, he's, a wrestling, he's got you a wrestling background. Over. Yeah, he's yeah. got a wrestling background, which which kind of explains his love for basically going to the ground. But um, like the thing about um, <clears throat> what, what what really turned me off of him as a tackle in the league was the aggression. Like, bro, tackles can't play like that, yo. And and I think I had <laughs> said to Chase um off the record, like, yo, he reminds me of like a watered down version of uh, Nelson and Nelson's a guard. He's a killer and he's great at it. But if you put Nelson in tackle, you're going to get 16 sacks a year off of just yeah. him alone because he's just that aggressive. Like you can't, and, and especially um, playing tackle in this RPO league that we have now with, with some of these offenses, you can't be down the field, bro. It's a penalty every time. Yeah. And like, tackle he's, he's is, not is cut more out of a it. passive in today's NFL would drop back so much tackle is more of a passive position than guard where you're constantly attacking, Mm -hmm. you're pulling, and you're so happy when they run. And even when you drop back, you know, to pass as a guard, you're trying to protect the inside. You can be more aggressive. Whereas a tackle, you're basically trying to box the guy out. And you just can't play with kind of an over-aggression. And he plays and be successful. And that's something that's going to be very difficult because that's his nature. And especially when he could be so good at guard. But when's the last time you saw a guard drafted in the first round besides the guy from uh, – No. I, I don't know why I can't think of his name. From, uh, yeah, no, Quentin Nelson. So, yeah, Quentin Nelson. And then it's like, yo, look, Conklin came in as a tackle on the right side. They ended up moving him to guard. It did great for his career. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and my rule of thumb from um, watching – guys in, in the draft and things like that. If I see an offensive lineman who's played a lot of tackle in college or who has played a lot of tackle in college, but his feet aren't necessarily that great, but he's got good hands, I automatically assume he's going to guard. It's just, I mean, that's basically what yeah. you are as a, as a guard. You, your feet not as good to be the tackle, but you got good hands. Hey, it's fine. But stop putting that man, stop putting that man as the first lineman off the board. You're going to get somebody fired. You gonna get somebody fired? You want to talk about a bus? If the Giants you want to take talk him, about a bus, yeah, it's something to gather gentlemen him, to do. Take him and go yeah, and tackle and just ruin and him. Put him in tackle. Bus. Stamp it. Bus. Yeah, that's, you're done. You're definitely God. done if you make that mistake. If you move in the guard, like I said, you could have an All Pro or Pro Bowl. So it's up to them. But I'm not taking a guard at number four or even in the top ten. Maybe I would take him in the first round and hope he can play right tackle and maybe buy time and move him in and all that. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just not taking him as a top five pick, top ten pick. Heck no. Hey, since we're talking about the draft, though, let, let's go ahead and get this one out the way. Did, did I really see that a scout was mad that a 6'5", 360-pound tackle likes to cook and eat? Are you kidding me? Uh, my boy. Are you kidding? How my do you think he got so big? Sam Monson is like at this point the real scouts and, and really, really a scout job is done at this point. But yeah, like these scouts are so happy. These are like the, the old scouts that suck that are just want to talk and have somebody listen to them. So these are the old crabby dudes that aren't good at their job, but they still like to run their mouth and get attention. It's got to be because they're saying some wild. It's got to be, bro. Man, look, since it's your show, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't give a fuck how much a 360-pound lineman eats if he can move like Becton. If you watch this KFC, you watch him run his 40, you watch him work at tackle, who cares? Who cares what he's eating? The dude can do, like, 
like he's got a decent vertical. He's got good broad jump. Like he's an athlete. He's an athlete. Athletes don't all come at at, at 5'11", 185 pounds, chiseled muscle type stuff. Look at Aaron Donald. He's He's a big dude. He's an athlete too. He can move. Who cares, man? Who really cares? Like that that shit makes me so mad. And I remember uh I kinda had a, a, a spat with somebody in the group. It might have been Ashley uh Smith, but but they said something about Beckton uh and his weight, making sure his weight's under control. He's a lineman. What? Who I don't care if he comes in at four hundred pounds, like if he can still move. <laughs> I just need him to block the, yeah. the bigger the better, actually, especially at tackle. If you can't get around him and you can't go through him then I think we've done a good job here. I think that's exactly what we want. <laughs> what are you saying, man? What do you they're, really say? They're just hating, man. I, they, they're talking about, and uh, uh, Corey said it, there was the one in the athletic where the guy was talking to a lot of scouts. Wonderlick for a receiver? <laughs> I've never heard anybody even consider a Wonderlick for a receiver. What? what? You know, Why? I saw, I saw that. Sorry. And I, you I, I didn't I didn't comment, man. I was like, I'm going to let it go, man. Like, Wonderlick, Frank Gore's Wonderlick said that all he could really do was tie his shoes, and he had a great career. So it's it's okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, James Winston, yeah, think- Wonderlick said he was a, a genius, and look at how that turned out for him. It, it just varies, man. Who cares? Dan Marino, can you read the playbook? Low too. <laughs> can you but read I the playbook? More about it for a quarterback. Than a daggone yeah. receiver. Receivers, receivers yeah. literally don't have to know anything but what they do almost. Like a yeah. many positions where it doesn't matter. And obviously there are some routes, you know, that are combo. But for the most part, you're just on this island and you got to do your job and wait for trying to throw your ball. It's not. You don't have to be a genius. I'm sorry. Yeah, like. It's, it's it's not draft season until we see stuff like this though, so you gotta take the good with the bad. And even some of the stuff about C D Lamb, you know, I was tripping a little bit and having some fun <laughs> with it and, and you know, I still got him in like my top twenty. It's not like I'm killing him, but um <laughs> the stuff they were saying about him. I've got what they were saying. They were saying some crazy stuff. I'm just like, y'all just are looking for anything. Like, now, the Big 12 stuff we talked about, that's fair. Yeah. But, you know, they're saying this man can't change direction and this and that. And I'm just like, wow, we just really know, just got to ignore I, everything. I don't know, I don't know how, how critical I was of that, but I did say something along the lines of that. I thought his, like, lateral movement was a little delayed in the sense of, like, his peers, like, compared. Comparing comparing him to to the other guys, I thought it wasn't as quick. But he's also bigger than most of these receivers too. Like he's not a small body yeah. receiver, so I mean he still moves well. I I had him as, as as the NFL. My NFL comparison was Hopkins, and people were calling him uh, Ocho Cinco. I mean, I thought I was closer. I was <laughs> like, Look, I, man, I don't know that's Ocho they try to hate on Robbie Anderson. That Robbie Anderson's had a good career. <laughs> hey, Robbie, I Robbie, 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 I, 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 like, I like Robbie. I could have been, but they, they're around the same size. And, yeah, they're just long-legged, striding, gliding kind of dudes, man. And, uh, and, and so, Robbie makes some tough catches. You know? He'll make some tough catches. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, that's not oh. a bad career. But, hmm. obviously, if you're picking, like, that number 10 or 7 or something. I guess that's not <laughs> what you're looking for. But honestly, the last four or five years of receivers out of like 18 people, Calhoun kept saying it, you got like five guys that are like good. And that's if you account Devontae Parker. And I put that list up a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago where you're not getting a lot of production out of that position. It's really just a crapshoot to take a receiver in the first round. It, and we've got so many prospects this year. It's kind of scary. But I would say this, too. Like, I don't recall a class standing out as much as this class when the ball's no, in their hands. Like, the things the things that they can do after they make the catch. And, and like, that's the name of the game in today's NFL. Like, bef- before, I think, um, probably within the last, like, five or six years, that's been a, a gradual change to where people – 
now want to get guys, obviously get the ball out as quick as possible hasn't changed, but the, the way they do that and the route combinations they use and then the athletes that they're looking to get the ball to, there's not a lot of possession guys anymore. Like like uh, Treadwell, when he came out, you just kind of had this feeling like that wasn't going to work. Like he, he's just a big guy. Like those yeah. guys don't find success in the league anymore because you're running five-yard routes. But if you're only getting five yards on that five-yard route, there's nothing for you because there's guys out here that can get that five yard catch and turn it to ten or fifteen in the blink of an eye, and and those are the guys that are, are finding success as as wide receiver ones now. And I think this class has a lot of guys with that type of ability. Now whether they actually do that at the next level is is you know yet to be determined. But I think people being high on this class is it, fair considering what they all shown that they can do with the ball in their hand. And I agree. There, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, even guys like uh, Duvernay from uh, Texas coming in the slot is fast and nasty. And, like, they're just guys all over the place that can either – they're big and they box you out and go up and get it, like uh, the kid from Baylor, like Higgins, the kid from uh, Liberty, and Pittman is pretty big too. So you got that. You got uh, the kid from T- uh, Rhaegar, the guy from tennis, uh, TCU, that's small, that can run. You got your boy Hamler. Like, you just got all kinds of, of, of receivers. And so that part is pretty cool. But so I, think, I do think it's a, it's a class that, is, uh, that deserves the hype that it's gotten. I, I, I do agree with that. But receivers are very hard position to adjust to, yeah. especially when these guys don't face a lot of press. And like Denzel Mims, the kid from Baylor, they're not even running routes. So that part of it is kind of, you know, you don't you run fades and comebacks and streaks. Like, that, that's a big adjustment. And you don't face press coverage. That, that's a big yeah. adjustment. So that part of it is a crap shoot. Yeah. I, 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 it's always, uh, always going to be a lot of questions. Um, you know, when you take guys, but I think the, the people that you could make an argument for to go in the first round this year and, and look to be future wide receiver ones, it, it's it's as solid as you can, you're going to get. If it doesn't work out, it's either not meant to be or you just got a bad organization or coach at the helm. There's a lot of, a lot of <laughs> yeah, talent yeah, in I, this group. I think that. I do think that there's a lot of talent. So, yeah, I, I mean, I generally I agree with you. I agree with you. What else is there? There's something else I feel like. What else is there? there? Are you missing. kidding me, man? What else is there? NASCAR is in the freaking news. NASCAR <laughs> is in the news. Believe it or not, NASCAR is in the news because somebody went on. You know, you know what? I I can't even say somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get this man um man's name right. And I just wanna all right, Kyle Larson. There we go. Kyle Larson. Wait, no. Yeah, Bubba Wallace to Kyle Larson. I forgive you for the inward incident. Okay, so the one black guy in NASCAR forgives Kyle Larson, so that makes it fair. All right, listen to this, man. Kyle Larson, how old is Kyle Larson? Let's see. Kyle Larson is Kyle Larson is 27 years old. He was born in 1992. Why is he on the internet saying the N word? as if he doesn't realize that the whole world is watching this stream. Like, you two, you two young to make that, that mistake. No. If Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon sick. made that mistake, if if they made that mistake, it's fine because they're, like, 60 years old and they probably don't understand how this thing works. You're 27, bro. You grew up with this. Come hey, on, man. Jeff Come on. He's not a redneck. Jeff hey, Gordon is from was, uh, California. Was, uh, but I know what you're saying. It was the it was the hard R too, yo. It wasn't the the term of endearment either. It was like, yeah, boy, you know, it has a twang to it too. Like, hey, as natural as he could be, and then it, I forgot. <laughs> the reactions were even funnier by the people around. They were like, oh gosh, did he really say that? Oh, wow, I just thought that was funny. But look, it's. It's too many people defending this nonsense, man. And it's too many people being like, well, they say it in the music. (laughs) Dear white people, I should should not have to tell you, you can't say this. You can't. Dear America, I shouldn't have to tell you that you can't say this if you're not a rapper or entertainer. You can't. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. I don't know why it's like that, but that's how it is. 
If you if you if you want to say it, sing it. There you go. Just put it in the lyric. He should have sang it. He should have been singing like you know, where well, is my die, and then drop the. You gonna get in trouble. Unless you're Hispanic, hey. unless you're an Hispanic woman, you're gonna get in trouble. Like you can't. Like I, I don't want to get. It's too too hard of a time with everything going on in America to have a serious discussion about race. But if you don't understand why a white person can't say it and a black person can't, like I, I don't know, but. It's amazing that there are so few double standards that favor black people in America. And that few double standards that there are, white people go crazy over it. And, and, and you, it's not going to be a double standard because you can look at, like, the historical context, but the appearance of a double standard, they go crazy because a black person can say you can't. Well, you can drive down the street without harassment, and I can't. There's a whole bunch. You can get medical care at a better rate than I can. You really want to trade off a word for systematic oppression and uh, systematic racism? I don't think you really do. I mean, everybody wants to experience something. They want to feel like they belong. I, I said this to to somebody the other day. I was like, I don't understand why why you guys want to to experience this. Why would you want to? Why would you want to like be an equal to? like racism and, and oppression or or any type of negative like aspects like why would you want to experience that to be like see i go through it too like what that's not what this is about man and i mean without getting like you know too political and, and too like into it at the end of the day the dude represents other companies he represents nascar now let's go ahead and say it. nascar fan base by and large doesn't care about this obviously um, but sponsors do. Your your sponsors do. Your team does. And then, like you know, you got a a, a fellow African American, or, or I think he's half black, half white. Doesn't really matter. He identifies as black. Uh, he he's obviously offended by it. And and I hate I hate when these things happen. And the one black person comes out and they're like, "Well, I forgive him." Like, who cares, man? Like. I don't care if you can give them that's part of the problem too. Black yeah, like uh, you can't honestly, say it, bro. Like honestly, and this is not a, a great opinion, but I guess, but like I just can't give work to every time somebody says the n word, man. Like, can oh, I, no, like, I'm not okay, up, make him apologize, fine, and can we suspend him? But like, I, I don't need him to. I don't need everybody that ever says the n word to be fired. I, I don't I don't know. It's twenty twenty, like I don't know. I know a lot of black people might not like that, but like like people white people are racist. News flash. You know, like it's not gonna make me feel better because that man lost his sponsorship and got fired or whatever. Like, I don't know, release a statement, make him apologize. Cause nobody it doesn't change how it doesn't change what we saw on that Facebook page. It's not, yeah. It doesn't do anything. It makes you feel better for a second, but I guarantee you he's going to work again. He's just got to do this little mea culpa, and then he'll be back in the saddle after he's been publicly flawed long enough. I just, I don't know, man. I, I just don't care. Like, I didn't know who he was. I'm not offended because I don't know who you are, and most people that watch NASCAR know who he is and don't care. So I'm just like, it is what it is, man. You do now, Riley oh Cooper. My God. That's different. I knew I knew who Riley uh, Cooper was. You know, he should have been bad. Need, he got to play, actually. He got to play, so you know. We need to we need to get we need to get off this quarantine. We need people back out in the streets because I just saw somebody on Facebook say Jordan went average thirty two in this era. Wow. We really got it. Uh, we really got it. It wasn't in our group, was it? <laughs> It's on a member of our group's like personal page. Like he didn't say it, like somebody like one of his friends said oh, okay. it. But okay. I definitely looked to make sure it wasn't in our group. I was just gonna remove that person. Tell him but... to watch the documentary. Tell the dude to watch the documentary. That's just right. possible. Yeah. I don't want to defend Jordan. I spent my whole life childhood rooting against Jordan. That's how I know how good he was. Because I wanted him to lose every time it <laughs> broke my heart. Every single time. It, it was, uh, it, it was devastating. Hardy did, 
terrible. Harding is 32 in this era shooting two for 16 from the three-point line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my man Jordan can get 32. Yeah, I think Jordan could get 32. Yeah, I, just, he, he I, I don't know how a person could. And he would make those stuff. I don't know how a person could do that. And what if he started trying to abuse the rules like these dudes do? Like he wasn't a big flopper or anything like that. But if he wanted to try to yeah. abuse the rules and get the foul and do what they did, or start shooting three-pointers, man, it, it, that's a wrap. That's 35, 36, 37 a game. Easily, yeah. and I'm not one of these nostalgic guys that always dogs the uh, the new generation. Like a lot of guys from the old generation couldn't play in the '80s and '90s, and '90s is like one of the worst decades, and not even that skill. But you yeah. know, you don't don't come for Jordan. That's just ignorant. He could score, man. I don't know what more people want. But yeah, like, I I didn't mean to get off topic from the N word. But I'll Where was you, man. The page? Was it Ron Nell? Was it Ron Nell that said that somebody said Jordan couldn't score? Remember that? Oh yeah, he said. I think he said. Um, he said he heard it or so, or he hears it a lot or something like that. And we were like, we were like, where? And he was like, well, you guys who, need to get out more. And I'm like, no, you need, to, you need to stop. You need to stop going to where you're going to hear these things. I don't know what barbershop you're going to, but you need to stop. Like wherever, if anybody's saying, gotta be. like that's the defining trait of Jordan is scoring. He averages more points than anybody in the history of the NBA. So if somebody says he couldn't score, that's somebody that doesn't watch a lot of basketball or doesn't understand was it, basketball or was it, was it Spike I, Lee? I don't know. I don't even think Spike would say that. Byron Russell would say that, but I don't think Spike would say that. Russell would say he pushed him. Which he probably did, but you were already did. headed in that He did push him. He, like, he was headed in that direction anyway. If, if anything, he was he was a, he was a, a kind soul that gave you an excuse to to be like, oh, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, if he if he had never touched him, then it would it would have counted as a cross up, and it would have looked even worse. But because he gave you the the little guiding hand to to your right or left or whatever, I think it was fine. Is that what you calling that? Man, he didn't little push, push. He didn't push push. He just, a big push off. But that's what hey, he slapped Carl Malone's hand. Don't get me started. He smacked Carl Malone's arm to play for that to get the ball back. And nobody called it. I'm like, Malone. really? This, 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 this time you're doing this? Dude, this dude, Carl Malone, man, shut your ass up. <laughs> big country pumpkin. He probably was like, fire, oh, Carl Malone fire. Didn't they didn't understand what he was saying. Carl Malone, hey, look, man, if I'm not trying to get on top of you. Carl Malone, he's not a good if person. If they get stopped in the talk. For this documentary, I, try not to I talk. would be very impressed. I try not to talk Carmelo. He's not a good person. He's not, man. I think no, he's not. The There's stuff going on just, in Carmelo's life. Yeah, I just can't, man. And and a fellow, me being a fellow country bumpkin myself, I can't condone that activity either. Like, oh, that's just what they did. Like, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Maybe nah, nah, down nah, in the nah, backwards. Nah, like, nah, like southern country is different girl? from our country. So, so them, them Georgia area, Louisiana swamps and things like that, they're yeah, a little they different back. Different, kind of, yeah. yeah, deep south I mean, is kind of is like scary than Virginia. Like the deep south, there's a yeah. lot going on in the deep south. So, yeah. But yeah, I think we covered everything. Any last parting yeah. thoughts before we go? Yes. Um, shout out to my man Trump for being progressive and getting the WNBA commissioner in on this, this these talks about restoring sports in America. <laughs> yes, she is on the committee, bro. I was there. I'm proud of Trump. I'm proud. Yeah. Hey, and shout out to my my PGA coming back in June. About to get this money. Can't wait. Nah, nah, they (laughs) coming back, man. Yo, don't sponsors. They definitely don't need a crowd. They don't need a crowd. But, I mean, think about it. Golf sponsors only get seen when golf is in. So, you know they pushing. (laughs) Yeah. They push it. What what do you think, Czar, of us having sports in the summer and fall and winter and what do you think it looks like? Man, um I, I really think that if we don't have a um 
a set like vaccination or or, or cure that um, we're not gonna have fans in the stadiums or arenas until 2021. I I, I really think that for sure. Um, I I think it would be a disservice to the public if if people gathered without some form of like like medicine, you know, or, or vaccine or something like. Yeah. The way I mean, I'm not a scientist, and and I think obviously, you know, not speaking on, on your part, but but me personally, I know a lot of people who've been affected by it. So it's real, even regardless of what these people on the internet might think and, and things like that. Uh, but from friends to coworkers to um, extended family, I, I know people who've dealt with it, and it's it's an unpredictable. Um, it's an unpredictable virus. And because of that, I think like the, the commissioners and, and the athletes and, 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 you know, they got their families that come to the games and things like that, all that taken into consideration. I don't think anybody would be comfortable with uh gathering for, for sporting events with, without some form of a vaccine in place, especially the athletes. I mean, we we're seeing NFL players get affected now, which it was bound to happen anyway, but like the uh, the Von Miller situation is a little scary because he's got asthma and it's a respiratory disease. So, you know, at some point, I think people are gonna be like, you know, eh, let's hold off. We can do this without without the crowds and things like that, and and it should be more manageable. So I'm looking at 2021 before what, anybody though. can do. It. You know, one of the most depressing things we are ever gonna see in our lives in our lives will be um, college football without a crowd. The, the the atmosphere of college football is what makes college football. It's going to be really depressing. And all that stuff I always complain about, about some of the poor play, inconsistent play that is exciting, <laughs> it's not going to be fun <laughs> without – the crowd, I'm telling you, and the band and the pageantry and all of that stuff, it ain't gonna be the same. I'm telling you, it it, it will definitely sway some of my votes for sure. But hey, we finally get to see if if, um, if Michigan is better than Ohio State because without fans, it's just a neutral site game basically. So we're gonna see what's up. I got no excuses they this are. year. They are not. <laughs> <laughs> Let me assure you, they are not. They don't recruit as well, and they don't develop their players as well. So it's going to be an ugly little thing. That's all I can say. It, it, it's going to continue to be ugly. But, yeah, I think that – I think we're going to see the NFL, even if we have to see the NFL in December, we're going to see the NFL. I think it's unlikely we would see college because – they always have that built-in thing where, like, look, you can't put these kids in jeopardy. And, like, you can't – they always take advantage of them, but it can't be this obvious how much they take advantage of them. <laughs> I can see golf coming back. I, I don't think the NBA – I don't think that quarantining people in a hotel or in a city will work because you got to shut it down for a little while and test more people. And these players are going to want to party. They're going to want to find women. Like they're not going to stay in this little quarantine island that you want. I, I just don't think that's realistic. Well, I mean, you got to protect the NBA players at all costs. I mean, they were sharing stuff before Corona, so you definitely don't want to take that chance. And, <laughs> and what is like, I'm never, like? I'm never going to let that go. That, that January, or was it? Yeah, January of this year or December, January of this year. How many of these? Random sickness for game time decisions, man. Like, come on now. Nah, man. <laughs> Cats was going like, to certain cities like, and getting sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet. Like, I just I bet. don't. But yeah. I, just, I don't see how. I just don't see. Maybe, I mean, baseball. I don't know. Maybe they could pull it off. But but also, what kind of play are you going to get? Jason Taylor says he hasn't touched the ball. Giannis says he doesn't have a quarter of his house. Like, I remember when the lockout came, and then they came back to Sean Kemp and Ben Baker, who these very athletic, bigger guys had just blown up. And, that like, mm-hmm. do we really want to see the Celtics with the Jason Tatum that has played in two months? And do we really want to see a Giannis that might have blown up a little bit? Or LeBron, who basically thrives on playing games? 
Yeah. I, I, so, I, just, I don't know, man. It's a lot. I think ultimately, too, it's got to be on the public as well, man. Like, people just got to be smart about this. You just got to be smart. Um, And I guess with that being said and and me thinking about the general public, I should just take that back. They're not smart. Never mind. Forget what I was about to say. Um, Hopefully the commissioners and and the players unions do the right thing and and, um, figure out something that works for the players for their compensation of their risk and, and playing and then also for the fans to still, like, you know, get an experience, whether it be through the TV or, or something else. But getting together with, with 60,000 people or, like, you know, we're talking college football. They got 80,000, like, people in the stadium and things like that. They're tailgating. And, nah, nah, we ain't going to see much of that this year. <laughs> Might as well cancel it. It's all right. It's, I still watch my, my 12 a.m. Hawaii games. It's fine. Uh, all right, watching horse we've racing. covered it all. We went a, I was going to say, I've been watching horse racing. Wait, no, what kind of horse racing, sir? Like, what is this? Oh, no, I was going to say, no, for real, I was, I was going to say, I've been watching horse racing, and, and they kind of had the blueprint of, like, you know, the, the fanless experiences and things like that. So, I mean, they've, they've been talking about it on the on the TVG stations and stuff about how um, commissioners have reached out to some of the organizers who are running these um, parks still on how they've maintained, like, you know, safety and things like that, keeping people from exposure and, and so forth and so mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, there's definitely talk about it for sure. But, yeah, go ahead and close it And good old Vince that. has been going crowdless since. So he's been doing shows the whole time, no stop. Like they take episodes, they take from WrestleMania, and they take a couple episodes back down. But then this week they went right back to live. Like it's just, it's not gonna stop. This man didn't stop the show when a man fell from the Raptors to his death and died, and they continued the show. Like it's just ruthless, man. It's really awful. Mm. That's why I never fucked with Vince, man. I always NWA, WCW guy. Like, I just never really dealt with him. He's just the only one that was around, man. It's just, it's terrible. <laughs> mm. I All agree. He's right, not a good person. All right, y'all. Till next time, rate and subscribe and review.